the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Law Offices of Selwyn Whitehead is a debt relief agency under federal law and provides legal assistance to consumers seeking debt relief under the United States Bankruptcy Code. This is Selwyn's Law. Every week at this time, we get to hear from Selwyn Whitehead. She's not just an attorney at law. Selwyn knows her stuff and doesn't shy away from the truth, even when it's ugly. Her Bay Area practice focuses on helping her clients to manage their wealth through estate and tax planning, to managing their debt through reconstruction or bankruptcy. And now, it's time for Selwyn's Law. Good day and welcome to Selwyn's Law. This is Selwyn Whitehead. I'm a California Bar Admitted attorney and also a bankruptcy law certified specialist who's been certified by the State Bar of California's Board of Legal Specialization. In addition to my JD, I also hold a couple of master's degrees of law. One as a master's of the laws of taxation law and the other as a master of the laws of intellectual property laws. That's because I also have a technical background, a systems design, systems engineering background. Because of my training, expertise, and interests, I primarily practice bankruptcy law, debt wealth management, estates and trusts, real estate, and taxation law. I'm so pleased to be able to come to you again today from the beautiful KFAX studios in the beautiful San Francisco Bay Area to discuss some of the financial issues confronting families and small business owners. Each week, however, I must advise you that this show does not provide any legal advice, nor am I developing an attorney-client relationship with anyone within the sound of my voice. Instead, this show strictly strives to be an educational forum for the exchange of information that may be helpful for you to begin your search for more detailed information that is tailored to your specific set of facts and circumstances and to provide you with an outline of the issues that may help you seek out qualified professional help. I state again, the Issues that I discuss on this show are financial in nature, and they have a lot to do with the law, case law, statutory law, federal law, state law. And as such, I advise all you listeners to seek out the best qualified professionals that you can afford to have you be able to do the right thing by the law. It's Not a good thing to be penny-wise and pound-foolish when you're dealing with your own financial future. So this week, with two major bankruptcies in the news, the first being Sears that recently filed bankruptcy and is now trying to stave off a liquidation and hoping to get a court to approve the buyout bid of one of its chief officers. That's currently pending before the court. Again, as I've discussed, there's basically two types of bankruptcy. Those are the kinds that you liquidate, that is to say, 
your assets are put up for sale and the sale is supervised by the court, but there's actually a trustee, generally a Chapter 7 trustee, and her professionals that are put in charge of liquidating the estate. As such, the owners of the corporation or um, the small business or whatever kind it might be, you are removed from having any say-so in the matter. So most entities want to try to reorganize because under those types of bankruptcies, the leadership, the the corporate board, unless someone has been charged and found to be acting uh, against the best interests of the corporation, that is to say they're not standing up uh, for their um, and living up to their fiduciary duties, mostly the existing management will be able to continue on, but what they get out of the bankruptcy reorganization is a chance to reorganize, and they get a a period, a, a reasonable amount of time to do so with the existing management. That's what Sears is attempting to do. It was on the chomping block, uh, but uh, an investor who was on the management board has put forth a couple of bids. The first bid was not accepted, and um, the the group of professionals um, decided to try to liquidate the company, and the uh, individuals that wanted to bid on the company came back with a sweeter bid, and so now that's before the court to decide. That's what's going on with Sears. Another bankruptcy or pending bankruptcy that's very important to the residents of California, especially us who live in Northern California, is the fact that PG&E has disclosed its intent to file a Chapter 11 bankruptcy, a reorganization bankruptcy, because there are so many lawsuits and pending lawsuits concerning the way PG&E has um, performed its duty to the public uh, with all the spate of wildfires, some of which have actually been shown to be the fault of PG&E, and there's others that are under consideration. So PG&E has let the world know that it intends to file for bankruptcy. And the reason why it's noticed an intent to bankruptcy to file bankruptcy as opposed to actually filing the way um, Sears has filed is that a new California law requires um, utilities to give 15 days notice of its intent, and that's to give its employees and its creditors an opportunity to kind of get their act together as well. And another proviso of the law, this is a California law as opposed to a federal law. Federal law tells how bankruptcies are handled once someone files or an entity files. This California law requires that the utilities give notice of their intent. That's so their employees and their creditors can go out and seek counsel. And one of the things that it does for employees is it freezes for at least six months the utility's ability to potentially lay off workers after it files. So this is the intersection of state law and federal law. Uh, and and we'll see um, how um, courts feel about it because maybe some entity 
is going to get upset with this six months freeze. And, and, and that's because maybe they feel that that's not appropriate. One of the ways that corporations reorganize, uh, and that basically means to bring their balance sheet in line, that is to say, reduce expenses. And unfortunately, one of the ways most corporations do that is by laying off employees. So this new California law says that you have to give your employees six months' notice and you can't lay off uh, these employees. This law took effect on January 1 of this year, and it's intended to provide employees, creditors, and state regulators the a maximum amount of transparency about a coming bankruptcy. This is according to uh, Paul, Paul Payne, the spokesman for California Senator Bill Dodd of Napa, the individual who actually uh, authored the bill. The provisions were included in a sweeping bill by Senator Dodd introduced last year aimed at protecting employees and improving how utilities and the state government respond to wildfires that have devastated California. The law ensures that that employers and state regulators aren't caught off guard by the bankruptcy, according to Payne, because usually what happens is major corporations sometimes file bankruptcy uh, at midnight Sunday night (laughs) over the weekend, um, and then employees go in and have the opportunity to take their belongings out out the front door. So um, those who deal in bankruptcy and those who know about the California public utilities have anticipated the likelihood of PG&E filing for bankruptcy. So these two major bankruptcies, uh, they made me think that, you know, we should go back and discuss uh, bankruptcy from the small ben- business vantage point. And, you know, I'm going to use as my text an article that I wrote about this time last year for a British legal publication uh, entitled Loyal- Lawyers Monthly. It's um, written and published in, um, in London. And I was asked to explain why small business bankruptcies are so important in capital-based market economies such as ours here in the United States and also in the United Kingdom, whose bankruptcy uh, laws we actually uh, used as the foundation of our bankruptcy laws. And so I was asked, does filing for bankruptcy really mean it's the end of uh, your business dream? And the short answer is no. So just as in the case of Sears and in the case of uh, PG&E, we anticipate bankruptcy gives the business person an opportunity to restructure and maybe save the business. So although the thought of bankruptcy surfaces fears in just about any business person's eyes, nonetheless, it may be the best option at hand. And so it will help you address such things as how can you save your business? And sometimes your business is a family business, and that means how can you save your legacy that you intend to hand down to your children and grandchildren in, a, in the most effective, law-abiding way? And that's what the United States Bankruptcy Code and its implementing regulations the bankruptcy rules of procedures, the professional conduct of bankruptcy judges, 
the Office of the U.S. Trustee, and competent, capable, capable lawyers who represent debtors and creditors. That's what the bankruptcy procedure is all about, and that's what I'm going to talk about. But at first, we're going to take a short cause for the pause, and we'll be right back. back to Selwyn's Law. Once again, your host, Selwyn Whitehead. Welcome back. I'm Selwyn Whitehead, and we'll continue our discussion of small business bankruptcies and why um, it can help you stop the death of your business dream. I was asked, what are the main risks of filing bankruptcy too late? Sometimes people come to me and they've exhausted all of their resources. They've borrowed all of the money from their relatives and friends, and they don't. And they've maybe even tapped into assets that could have been exempted, such as their four hundred one k's and the like. And you have to pay a ten percent penalty in addition to losing those savings if you take money out of your pension slash four hundred one k or SEP IRA if you're younger than fifty nine and a half. So filing bankruptcy too late and sometimes filing too often without a competent business and legal counsel will limit your chances for economic recovery. By filing bankruptcy too late. The debtor limits their options of finding solutions to their financial situations outside bankruptcy, such as by negotiating a voluntary restructuring agreement with their creditor or creditors, or, or shortly after an initial default becomes a potential reality. So as soon as you have the whiff that you're not going to be able to pay your debts timely because something has happened, uh, a reduc- you lost a contract if you're a, a small business person or um, a contract that you anticipated closing last month is pushed off for a few months or maybe n- never, it, you need to go out and talk to competent counsel at that time to get some ideas because what I sometimes do is prepare a filing and then work with my client to try to reach out to the, the biggest creditor. Someone Sometimes they own a mortgage on a building or they own a, a mortgage on an important piece of equipment that's needed to run the business. So we have the filing ready to go, but then we go out and we try to negotiate something outside of bankruptcy. And then we work really hard and diligently to try to make that deal come to fruition. But if it doesn't, then we can file. So you have to um, be realistic. And, you know, um, people say I get emotional, and I think they just say that because I'm a woman. I call it passion. But I know if you, it's your business, you're going to be emotional. So although uh, I, uh, I can be, be passionate. I want you to be focused because that's the best way for us to work together and for us to help you resolve your issues. So filing too late, you limit your options, and that's never a good thing to do. So I was also asked, what are the myths that need to be dispelled surrounding bankruptcy? 
The primary myth that I've discovered that's out there in the ether is that small business owners filing for bankruptcy is a sign of a moral failing and should be only undertaken only as a last resort after all avenues, all other avenues have been exhausted. Well, I got to tell you that according to the Small Business Administration, most small businesses in the United States fail. Most small businesses in the United States fail. And it's only the businesses that have the resources and the flexibility and the willingness to listen to outside competent experts have the opportunity to be part of the class that makes it through. Some statistics for you. About 80% of business with employees will survive their first year in business. About 50% of business with employees will survive their fifth year in business. About 30% of businesses will survive for 10 years. So that means that most businesses will not be around today, who started 10 years ago are not around today. And that's going forward. Most businesses that start in 2019 will not be around in 2029. It's because the market shifts and changes. And so the best ideas can be beaten down by the marketplace. And so how do you survive? Your willingness to be flexible and to always consider a reorganization bankruptcy in the back of your mind if things don't work out or a liquidation bankruptcy if after you try to reorganize is just not possible. I was also asked what's the best part of bankruptcy and the worst part of bankruptcy from my perspective. I love practicing bankruptcy because it's the intersection of all the other areas of law, state law, federal law, case law. It's real estate law, tax law. It's all the areas of law that I practice. And anymore now, a hot area in bankruptcy is intellectual property. Because just about everybody has a website and just about everybody is dealing in e-commerce. Some people write books. They author things that are on the network. So this is a very important area of the law. And that's what I find fascinating about it. Every day it's something new, even with my existing clients. That's the thing I like most about bankruptcy. The thing I like least about it It's not a very diverse area of practice, racially or gender-wise. You know, I'm practicing in California, and there's only a handful of of color female bankruptcy lawyers that I run into and even fewer judges of color. We need to do something about that because we need to have as many different kinds of people in charge of running bankruptcy from the bench, presenting cases from the bar— to make this thing work for everyone such that everyone feels comfortable coming forth and laying their financial uh, cards on the table. But nonetheless, I love this area of law because having my client get their plan confirmed by a judge, you have never seen a bigger smile on someone's face who thought he or she was going to lose everything. That gives me enormous joy knowing that I contributed to that process and knowing that that business owner will be able to continue to employ him or herself 
And even if it's a mom and pop business, at least employ their family. And hopefully I can help them develop a succession plan where they can leave the business to their children. And that way they'll be an ongoing contribution to the community. And you know, that's all we can do as individuals is make a contribution to ourselves, to our community, to our family, to our universe. And I believe that that's the way we show God that we care and we're grateful that we were put here on the planet. So I, I love to help small businesses, small corporations, sole proprietorships, LLCs, closed uh, corporations, and I have an affinity for real estate agents and brokers. I have several of those as my client because there's, that's the intersection of real estate law and bankruptcy law and corporate law and uh, debtor-creditor law. And you're able to help the individuals who help us have the opportunity to purchase homes and you know have a safe and secure place for us to raise our children. And uh, that's why I like helping uh, real estate professionals. I get a lot of joy also out of helping consumer debtors, especially those who might end up losing their homes to foreclosure. If we can figure out a way to keep somebody in their home, that makes them more willing and able to contribute to their community because they have a stake in the community. I got nothing against renters. Um, You know, some of us, buy real estate so we can offer property to renters. But I think home ownership has a, 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 a dual purpose. It's shelter, but it also makes us part of the community and it makes us willing to do things like, you know, help crime stats stay down. We're willing to be part of neighborhood watches. We care about our neighbors. We care about our, our, our houses. We care about our communities. And that's why I like to help homeowners stay in their homes. I also do estates and trusts. And unfortunately, sometimes greedy people who inherited, inherit large amount of assets from their parents still think that it's okay to file for bankruptcy and not pay their creditors. Um, I, you know, I have my own feelings about that. Uh, if uh, if you pick me to be your uh, counsel and that's what you're going, that's what you want to do, and if I feel like I can do it, uh, I will put my uh, moral, I don't put my morals aside, but I'll, I'll put my judgment aside because I also have a duty to zealously represent my clients, and I do that with every client that I have. But I just want you to know that there's new California law that says, um, that even if your parents left you a uh, asset and a spendthrift trust, you might end up losing it in bankruptcy. And so one of the things that I like to do is counsel people about the downside of filing for bankruptcy if your goal is to keep assets that might come to um, be at risk inside the bankruptcy. Finally, I also practice tax law. There I assist debtors who In addition to having problems paying their creditors, they might have problems paying the biggest and baddest creditor there is, and that's the Internal Revenue Service. And I really enjoy helping my clients try to figure out how to, you know, bob and weave in that area, you know, always trying to do the right thing. 
uh, to uh, the creditor because we also have to stand before a judge and make sure what we're doing is on the up and up. So we're going to continue our discussion uh, next time about some of these issues confronting small business owners. But what I want to leave you with is this. Seek out competent counsel. Be honest with your counsel. Do all that you can to develop a good strategy for moving forward. Listen to your counsel. And with that, let's just leave it there for now, and we'll pick this up next time. Again, we always need to stay on the right side of the law. Thank you for taking the time to listen to Selwyn's Law. Remember, the law office of Selwyn Whitehead is a designated debt relief agency under the federal law and provides legal assistance to consumers seeking relief under the bankruptcy code. When it comes to your finances and your rights, seek no other than the law office of Selwyn Whitehead. Selwyn is your go-to finance attorney, specializing in estate planning, wealth management, bankruptcy, tax, and real estate law. In other words, Selwyn knows her way around the dollar, and your rights are protected by our laws. Protect your money. Know your rights. Partner with Selwyn Whitehead. For immediate assistance, or if you have questions, call 510-633-1276, 510-633-1276, or go to selwynwhitehead.com. The preceding paid program is sponsored by the Law Office of Selwyn Whitehead, who is solely responsible for its content. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.